0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 AM. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Just like in the old days, I've used a landline and I've just called another landline. (laughs) Good morning, Alma Pala.
1: Absolutely. When all else fails, we rely on the old (laughs) landline.
0: Although neither of us had a rotary dial to be able to get through to each other. Imagine.
1: Not quite, but my landline is cabled. It is not, it's not Wi-Fi. So if it was Wi-Fi, we would be down today, you see.
0: Aha, uh-huh. so you see, when the fancy modern technology doesn't work, we've at least got the phone. Elma. you know, <laughs> I, was, I was reading this well-known, well, it might be a well-known quote. I've certainly heard it before. It says, If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And that's a, I've heard that quote before, and it jumped into my mind as I was reading through the story on the Green Times African Litter Reduction Campaign aims for continental impact and some of the goals that have been set for this campaign are enormous.
1: It is such a wonderfully ambitious project, and I'm so excited because you know that I'm an old waste educator. So Mm. for me, I mean, this is just music to my ears. They plan to create this project that is actually going to connect so many dots. I mean, there's all this unemployment and the need to create work in the informal sector. There's all the, the rubbish that is thrown around and is littered and gets washed into the oceans. Mm. Now we want to keep the oceans clean so we want to get the rubbish off the land so that the rain doesn't flush it all into the ocean and keep the ocean blue. You know, it's called the the blue economy. Mm. And they've connected this all up in the Operation Clean Spot by the Sustainable Seas, um, Seas Trust and this is a marine conservation non-profit, and they are working, you know, with with partners in this massive African litter reduction program, and they're piloting it in South Africa. And once it's trialed and tested, they want to scale it throughout the continent. Now, that's very ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that a lot of projects start with very big, big ambitious goals, and it's hard. I mean, there's, you know, you, know, you will always expect challenges along the way, but they are busy piloting this in um, Nelson Mandela Bay and Jeffreys Bay, and these pilots intend to up by the end of the year, and then they're going to get all this research and information and scientific in, um, stuff from there, mm. and that will then determine how they continue with this project and, and spread the model across Africa. Uh,
0: we're talking here about an ambitious project. Give us some idea of what are they aiming to achieve with this project.
1: Well, you know, the main thing is to, to keep recyclables within the economy and out of the landfills. And of course, to clean the communities, because this is very much to do with where there's currently still a lot of waste lying around, which is a, a big issue and, and, and very bad for people living there. So, to get all the waste cleared up and recycled and sent to recycling um, industries so that it doesn't end up either on the landfill or in the ocean. Mm. So they've, they've also partnered with the African Marine Network that will then take it to Africa. So they're basically working on four levels. They're working on the municipal level where they offer waste minimization uh, support and guidance to the municipalities to understand how, so that everyone who works there understands how it works and can get more active. Mm. They go to the schools with educating the pupils separation at source, um, training the youngsters to become recycling champions, and then motivating them from there to take it to their household and their parents and their key caregivers. As you know, the kids did in the past when I was also working at schools, and they went home and told their parents, you can't throw that there, it's recyclable, it's got to go there. (laughs) So the model is continuing. they're also planning neighbourhood programs where they educate households um, about the value of waste collectors and, as I say, often maligned and misunderstood. So we're also talking about the informal uh, collectors with their trolleys, Mm. and um, people don't understand that they're actually rendering a very important service and also um, making a living. So it's education about that. They are also sourcing... um, personal protective clothing and, 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 and protection for these collectors so that they are identified and not seen as, you know, burglars walking around or potential burglars. Yeah. Um, they're creating a massive website and social media presence and, and they're encouraging people to adopt a spot in your own community that you keep clean consistently and then you log your cleanups and your litter collected, everything is counted and weighed, and you log this all on onto this OCS website to measure the pro progress. So there's a lot of capacity building in the informal sector, and then you know if you look at it scientifically, it's the scientific research behind all of that, consumer research and community outreach, education, knowledge sharing. So it's a it's a it's a very well planned and organised intervention that mm. should be able to be spread across Africa so that we can start keeping our African seas clean.
0: Um, Elmer, we're talking here about a a big project um, spread across parts of South Africa and then hopefully into uh, the continent. And you've spoken about uh, the SST, which you have said is the Sustainable Seas Trust and the the OCS, which is Operation Clean Spot. But I mean, these are massive undertakings requiring uh, massive logistics and a lot of people uh, even just in the South African context, before the spreads, who provides financing and supports this because this is these are massive projects. who gets behind this and supports it? I mean, where does the money come from
1: yeah that 's a very good question uh, they don 't tell us that in the in the, in the piece, but you know these are nonprofits yeah. so nonprofits all rely on their own on their own private funding. It would be interesting to go and see who is funding them, mm. but i mean it 's fantastic how Business puts their puts their energy behind a lot of the work of the non-profits in this country. I mean, most of the good work is being done at the non-profit level, and so one can assume that they have have a lot of private funding. And people can also um, become part of it and contribute to this. If you if you click through the links and go onto the website, you can also register your own cleanups and be absolutely part of this program. Uh, As I say, 80% of what's recycled in South Africa is collected by waste collectors. Hmm. So I think it's also a matter of making a head shift about people who are collecting waste, understanding the importance of their role, and supporting such people. Yeah,
0: Uh, Elmer, to this waste collector conversation, and you've mentioned it a few times uh, today, and for someone who comes from the recycling background that you have, uh, how does it work with the waste collectors? Uh, are they, is it completely informal, but how does the payment system work? What's in it for the waste collectors? Help us to understand how the system works.
1: Well, waste collectors take the, the, the waste that they've collected, the recyclables, which they, they often have to pick out amongst other things, which is really not a savoury job. Mm. But if they're lucky, people keep the things separate for them. Um, and they, they have a depot that they take it to where they get paid per, oh. per weight. So, you know, it's it's their bread and butter. That's how how a lot of people survive in South Africa. And now you can imagine if that is scaled also to the communities where the streets aren't, things aren't neat and tidy Mm. and stuff is lying around all over the place. And it becomes their job also to pick up all of that so that all of that litter that's currently lying around isn't going to end up in the river uh, and from there down to the ocean And these people are, there's more and more employment for more and more people. I just think it's a wonderful connection between various problems and solving them all together by creating a properly organized um, and funded uh, project so that people can be supported to do more of the good work that they're already doing and more people can manage to make a living too.
0: And now all of this, as we wrap this up, Alma, all this talk, now we need to play our part. Um, And so individuals and businesses, as you said, can get involved. And now we need to actually sign up and adopt a spot and register and get moving. And I see you've put a link to be able to do that.
1: Absolutely. So even if you're really doing it, like I look after... The park behind my house you know mm. i mean i don't normally log what i do but i could potentially now also log our cleanups into this thing and i think the more people log things centrally the more it it, it feeds into the the science and research which helps people to work out the projects properly and it also helps a lot of people to be able to enter the industry and for for the resources, which is what waste really is, to remain in a circular economy and not end up in the places where we don't want it.
0: So get together as an individual in your business, man, your cell group. You can do it as a school group, a community group, and get going and go and uh, adopt a spot. I see uh, already 214 spots have been adopted and 13,000 kilograms of trash removed, so People are moving, but uh, I think as in any situation like this, Alma, it's got to be more than the handful that are currently involved.
1: No, absolutely. We still have a mountain of, Mm. of rubbish flowing into the oceans and lying around in the land. So we know that the problem is not anywhere near resolved. It's going to be a complete and permanent mindset shift that is needed so that in the future, We don't have such a thing as rubbish lying around anywhere because rubbish is a resource. It needs to stay in the recycling industry. It has has to go back to where it can be used again. It should never be lying in nature.
0: And Alma has made it so easy for you. You just have to go to thegreentimes.co.za. This particular story is called African Litter Reduction Campaign Aims for Continental Impact. Read through it. The photog- photographs is always excellent and very uh, evocative. And then when you get close to the very bottom of the story, you can click on the SST website and you can be part of the solution. There's a very practical way with guidelines and everything you need to be part of the solution and then when you're done there you'll see a link through to K-Pulpit 729 AM so it's all happening on thegreentimes.co.za and the lady I've been speaking to the lovely Alma Pollard executive director of the Green Times eco-consultant and coach as always thanks for all these wonderful stories and opportunities Alma and your passion and enthusiasm it's contagious
1: thank you and bless you have an awesome day
0: this insert was brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpoopit.co.za